it was, I don't know, it's freedom of choice. Even though you don't want to do something, just knowing you have the choice to, the free will to. And I guess that's there's something right about that. Do you know when it's coming? I asked a guy standing at the bus stop. City Mapper says four minutes. He was wearing a red coat. He looked about my age, chubby, a bit graceless, but very normal. Then it will be 14, <laughs> I replied. It was 10 p.m. and I just had a glass of wine on an empty stomach. At least I'm in good company, he added, smiling at me. Hmm. That was a bit uncomfortable, but I smiled in return. The bus arrived and I sat close to the window. He sat beside me. So what do you do? He was staring hard. I write. I looked at him. It might just have been the creepy shadow formed by the bus lights, but there's something in his eyes that made me feel tense. And what do you write? Many things. I cut short, now looking ahead. Well, I love to read, he replied, so close that I could feel his breath on my neck. Part of me desperately wanted to stand up and sit somewhere else. But he was just a socially inept guy, and a be-nice imperative suggested that I should hold on for a few more minutes. So I stayed where I was. The problem is, I was taught to be nice. Be nice to everyone, my mom always repeated to me, inviting me to kiss strangers on their cheeks. I grew up desperately trying to make everyone feel comfortable around me, even those who hurt me, mindful about everyone's needs except my own. I didn't want him to know where I would get off in advance. I waited until the bus stopped and the doors opened. Then I rushed off. Nice to meet you, bye! I shouted from outside. He looked disoriented. Walking home, a voice whispered somewhere in my head. He might be following you. It was weird, but I trusted my gut and entered into a local shop. Pretending to choose a yogurt, I stared at the door. And a few seconds later, he appeared in front of the window, looking inside, looking for me. Our eyes met for an instant, and then he passed by. A feeling of terror got to my knees. I was 50 meters away from my empty flat, and the only person living in the neighborhood that I knew was an ex-boyfriend. The retailers, a father and son who looked okay, were my only safety. I believe someone is following me, I told them. Sit down, the father said. I spent half an hour behind their counter, then the son offered to walk me home, and I accepted. I didn't see any red coat around. 
Once in the elevator, I fell into a fit of crying. So violent that I was robbed of strength. Having to wager on a stranger's trustworthiness to protect myself from another stranger made me feel defenseless. The thing is, always being nice is bad. It refrains you from doing, saying, or being what you want. It teaches you to give up the bridles of action for fear of wounding others' feelings and to accept the behavior to the point they invade you and hurt you. It also doesn't make you good or genuine. Its falsity rather leads to misunderstandings, ultimately hurting the same people you wanted to protect. I don't want to be nice anymore. I just want to be me. And if that sometimes means being harsh, well, that's okay. Be yourself, I wish I were told. But I wasn't. So now, it's up to me to learn what that really means. Hey guys, welcome back to the Right Feeling Podcast. You just heard the short story by my friend Sylvia Lazaris, who is also the guest of this podcast episode. The piece is called The Be Nice Imperative. And um, if you can guess it, this podcast episode is exploring the concept of niceness and the social expectations around it but also the internal conflict that these social expectations of being nice creates within us. So yeah, really excited to share this episode with you guys. Um, and now Sylvia and I were recording in her London flat, so you might hear some nice London ambient background noise. Um, so yeah, I hope that you guys enjoy it. So... Sylvia, welcome to the podcast. Of course. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Um, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, so I'm Italian. I've been living in the UK for four years. And, um, oh, four years. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? Yeah. And, um, and then I'm quite an anxious person. So I tend to just do too many things. I don't know, it's a weird mechanism to just don't feel so anxious or... Um, what else should I say? I don't know. Mm. What experiences led you to feel like you no longer want to always be nice? I mean, there were some important experiences, like mm -hmm. the one that I described in the story, yeah. or um, major and minor experiences it can be from the minor experiences of realizing that someone is just using me for some reason um and then other major experiences i guess um a professor flirted with me and i found very powerless about it mm -hmm. because i just didn't want to believe that that was possible, yeah. that he was actually going for that. Mm -hmm. And so all the lead up actions and words, mm -hmm. I just tried to frame them in a different way. Like, oh, he's behaving like grandpa, right? Like, you know. And then on the other side, even when I realized that 
he was actually flirting with me. Mm. I still was afraid that it was all in my head. And maybe if I said something very abrupt or, you know, rough, um, I would have actually made him feel very uncomfortable. And that's the nice part. Exactly. (laughs) So um, I think after this sort of experiences I've realized that it's there's a limit to being nice and and being nice it's different from Mm -hmm. just being a genuinely kind person or just Um, a genuine person period yeah but I also think I mean I'm not being disingenuine person when I'm nice you know it's in most cases I I just mean well um it's just in a few cases that you misjudge between what what it means to be nice and what it means to be kind to others or kind to yourself. I think being nice requires you to be thinking about how the other person will feel towards you, right? And sometimes you just can't afford that. You need to protect yourself or you need to just don't care about how the other person is going to perceive your actions. But I don't think it's universally disingenuous. No, yeah, you're completely right. I guess when I meant that you are more genuine, it's just because sometimes I feel like personally, at least when I'm just being nice, of course, I'm not meaning anything ill on the forefront of my mind. You know, I'm just thinking, ah, yeah, okay, I'll just be nice. But then in these situations when you are pushed to this kind of point where you do start feeling like you're being taken advantage of, but you don't speak up, you know, Mm-hmm. you know react in a very assertive way you just take it and you take it at that point I do feel like I am being disingenuous to myself exactly in the sense that it's like I'm justifying their behavior I don't want a tense situation so I'm just going with it and hopefully it'll figure itself out and I think in that sense that's what I mean by being not as genuine as you could be if you weren't just nice and I think Of course, you can still be nice, but you have to have another layer beyond just niceness, right? So the way I see it is, I think you have to understand why you're being nice, where it comes from. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just about priorities, really. Like, if you just prioritize having an honest conversation, an honest interaction with this person, and, you know, if you don't like what they're saying or doing you'll Mm -hmm. just be able to say that to them i think not being nice doesn't mean being rude yeah right so of course there's many layers of what it means to be nice Mm -hmm. because to some extent being nice is really good makes you interact positively with others Mm -hmm. you know you go into a shop and you just smile to the person who's working there and it's a nicer day for both of you mm-hmm. so why not but then in other situations being nice just becomes a consequence of you caring too much about how the other person feels around you without realizing how much that is hurting you already psychologically and maybe in some cases even physically so yeah and you're willing to go with it because your priorities are off yeah because you're not prioritizing your self-protection too Mm -hmm. and your self-worth and yeah I mean I don't think the two are mutually exclusive right acknowledging your self-worth does not mean that you're belittling anybody else right because I think that's what rudeness is yeah but I think the additional layer to being nice 
is it's not just for the other person, but that extra layer is to also include your self-worth in that equation. Yeah. And I think if in addition to being nice, you can tie that in to your interactions, then it's no longer just nice. But I think the problem, at least the problem for me, was not being just nice, mm-hmm. but being too nice. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. because you are you're also, you know, maybe well intentioned and genuinely kind. But mm. the problem is when you're too nice and yeah. that's when you're not including yourself in the equation. Right. Yeah. Um, and I've been told I remember like this person telling me one day, like, you're too nice. Hmm. Was it a male or a female? It was a guy. OK. But what was the context? He just meant I allowed other people to take too much from me so he was saying it as like an encouraging thing not yeah like you're too nice shouldn't be that nice where does it come from for you this idea of being nice for sure it was part of my upbringing Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm an only child i've dealt a good deal with adults since i was a kid because i would be maybe around my parents friends all the time and Of course, there were kids. Yeah, and of course, maybe this doesn't matter that I was an only child. But I think in some ways it matters because you're the only child. And so you need to be so good. Yeah, there's no pressure. Kind of being that golden child that your parents have. Yeah. So that was part of it. And then, of course, a very severe education. Mm -hmm. Not only from my mother, I would say, who rewarded me if I was nice. Mm -hmm. It starts from, you know, oh, come on, give the kiss on the cheek to this old wrinkly uncle, (laughs) even if you really don't want to. (laughs) Do it anyways, you know, let them hug you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let them, you know, touch all over your face. So that sort of destroys or at least doesn't allow you to build some boundaries, right? Like if you want to say no, no is bad. Why wouldn't you allow them to touch you, you know? And then... I went to this Catholic primary school. Mm-hmm. I mean, my family isn't extremely, you know, religious or anything. It's mm-hmm. just, I guess in Italy, it's more of a thing that yeah. private schools are often. Yeah. And so I went there. And again, it was all about being good and nice, regardless of, you know, it's one of, I don't want to enter in <laughs> speeches about religion right now, but I know how to say this in Italian. I'm not sure I know how to say this it, in English, it, but like uh, the cheek. Yes. If you're slapped, you turn the other cheek. Exactly. You slapped on that cheek as well. No, don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, run away or slap back. Like, <laughs> slap back. <laughs> so, um, I-, I wish I was <laughs> told a few different things. Yeah. I think it's still very good to, you know, not slap back, but um, at least don't accept the second slap, you know? Don't at least turn to get it like, on the other cheek. Grab the hand or something. Yeah. <laughs> just don't get out of reach but um so you know that maybe was part of it too Mm -hmm. yeah and then I think in general a sort of difficult relationship maybe with my mother Mm. I've always felt like I had to not bring any problems I had to be perfect I still have to be perfect Mm -hmm. sometimes and I think that that's the problem yeah sometimes Your behavior could sound awkward or rough, and it's okay. 
if it's for, you know, a good reason, like self-protection. Like, actual physical self-protection, for example. I mean, this concept of being perfect, right? I think this, actually, even this entire idea of being nice, it really does come from how you were raised. Because even for me, Mm -hmm. I know, like... My my mom really cares about saving face. Um, it's mm-hmm. a very big thing in Chinese culture. It's like they say, you cannot give up your face, you know. And in a way, it's almost like a mask to hide anything that's going on behind you. Even if you're going through the worst possible thing, you want to put on the face for everybody else to think that ah, you're still doing really great. You're still doing really well. You're going places. I do see how that kind of upbringing has affected the way that I interact with certain situations um even if it's about like negotiations or Mm -hmm. like involving um I don't know a work contract or something like that you you don't want to step on anyone's toes right you want to be nice like exactly it's like oh I don't want to push anybody but sometimes it's fine to push it doesn't mean that you're a horrible person I think we really have to tear apart that bond that being nice has to being a good person. Yeah, exactly. You can be a good person even if you put your foot down. Yeah. You know, even if you speak up for what you want, even if you think that you're in a situation where maybe you think that you misinterpreted something, but you feel incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, it... And it's true the opposite too. You can be so nice and underneath that mask, you can be the most horrible person doing every horrible thing Mm -hmm. with just a smile. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting you brought this up because I I think in Italy we have a different saying. Mm. I mean, we still say save your face, but I think one of the things that I heard, at least in my home, Mm -hmm. was this saying, which is, i panni sporchi si lavano a casa propria, (laughs) which is um, like dirty towels, Mm -hmm. you clean them in your home. It's used more when it comes to whenever you have an issue yeah. Inside your family, mm-hmm. let's say. Whenever you have like a big fight. Yeah. Like with keep it your in parents, the family. Don't bring it up with other people. Just keep it in the family. I mean, that maybe goes a little off topic. But I also think that it's just about controlling who you are towards, mm-hmm. you know, who's outside your, you know, household yeah. and family. And yeah. But that's, that's this whole concept of being nice. It's that yeah. mask that you put yeah. on. I don't. I mean, again, I don't think it's all the time, right? Because, like I said, when we first met, you were nice, and that does come from a genuine place in the sense that it's really part of you. But it's just when it comes to what you really want to say, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think oftentimes you have this mask on, at least for myself, almost as a sense of validation that I'm a good person, that I'm being liked, you know, that I, I'm not stirring up any trouble. Basically, it comes down to people like me. You know? Yeah. Um, but then you could also argue there's something very disingenuous about what they like about you because you're not really showing them who you really are because you constantly have this mask on. Whereas I think when you take off that mask and you're no longer just nice, but you, you still have that layer underneath of you basically are able to say what you genuinely want to say, also in a kind way, hopefully. I think that creates more meaningful relationships both with other people but also with yourself yeah yeah i think you actually have not to be nice 
with your friends and with mm. the people you care about, mm -hmm. right? So when you really care about a person, you want to be very honest with them about yeah. what you think. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's just out of place mm -hmm. to just say whatever comes through your mind. So you're, you just meet a stranger and you just make a comment which is completely out of place and it's hate <laughs> when that happens, you know? Yeah. It's just, it just really jars, right? Yeah. But um, the people you care about, mm -hmm. there's no point in being nice. Yeah. Meaning overly nice. Yeah. Because, you know, you're not always right. You're not always the best that you can be. And so I think sometimes you do need somebody that pushes back to challenge you and to let you know when you are wrong. And I think that in the case of being nice and too nice, like in yeah. our case, um, when you don't push back, when you don't have that boundary yeah. for people you won't get better as a person. You won't ever grow. Yeah, exactly. And I think, to be honest, I mean, I think I've I've been too nice in, at times, mm -hmm. but I've never been that, like, too nice that I also sort of disdain myself. Yeah. I don't think I can't express, you know, my opinion or tell you honestly yeah. that I don't agree with you. Yeah. And these sort of things. I mean, I've met people whom I knew... If I would bring something mm. up to them, you know, ask for any advice or talk about something that was bothering me, they would, you know, they would always be like, you're so right. You're so <laughs> right. All the time. I could say anything. I could contradict myself in the same sentence. And I would <laughs> be right so both times. Right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, but, um, but I still think that being nice mm. works sometimes inside me. Mm -hmm. In a way that I don't necessarily like. Um, and in very specific contexts. In very specific contexts. Yeah. They deal sometimes with interactions with guys. Um, especially with guys I don't care about. Don't care about romantically. Yeah. Um, interestingly. Because I will maybe be more challenging to a person I'm attracted to. And then I will... When I don't feel that kind of interest... Mm -hmm. Sometimes I will not understand what's going on and maybe just be too nice <laughs> to someone who then, you know, either gets, gets hurt mm -hmm. because I don't but reciprocate. At that point, I don't think it's that you're being too nice. I think you're genuinely just being yourself. Like the way that we met, it was because you were this smiling person, you know, and just <laughs> you just were a very happy person. And I could, I could tell and you were nice. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think it's what happens after in your reaction. Yeah. That's, I think, when you become too nice. Because I think when something happens, like, for example, what, what happened with the professor and your reaction to that, then at that point, who are you and what voice do you want to have there? Right? Is it the voice of, oh, you know, it's okay, it's fine, like, don't worry about it. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's being too nice. Yeah. Because you're not standing firm for what you believe in and what you actually want to say like you're not allowing your real voice to come out yeah you're you're overshadowing it yeah with something else yeah i mean i was um i was shocked mm. and i couldn't believe that was happening yeah and so i just wanted to convince myself that um if i said something it would be inappropriate and it would have made that person feel very awkward because maybe that's not what was going on. But mm -hmm. it's very clear. By the end of the you know uh -huh, day, it was yeah. very clear what yeah. was going on. Um, and I still, still, you know, whenever I left, I didn't have the courage to mm -hmm. say, 
you know what, this was very inappropriate. And I think that, that now I would do that, mm-hmm. but it's all part of this process of shaking off this imperative of yeah. please be nice to everyone, you know, regardless of how they behave to you, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Where do you think the right feeling comes into all of this? I think just being yourself feels very right, right? Mm-hmm. So when you have an interaction and it goes so naturally and the words come out of your mouth, you know, there's no higher order of thought thinking about why those words are coming out, yeah. in which way you should make them come out. Yeah. So I think the right feeling really comes when y- you feel liberated. You just say whatever you think. You know, if you can do that with your friends, your family, your partners, that's amazing. You want them to know what you think. You want to be real. Yeah, exactly. You just say whatever you think without hiding behind anything or without having to run away. I mean, running away is okay. It's better than staying there just to be nice, you know. And getting slapped for the second time. Yeah, exactly. We don't want that. So, (laughs) and I also remember this one time, this guy really liked me when I was, I don't know, I was like 13 and he was 16. And we had messaged a little bit. He was the friend of a friend. And I had never kissed anyone at that point. I was interested in other things still. And then we went out one day to, like, get ice cream or something. And he brought me to this, like, sort of quiet bench in the park. (laughs) And we sat there. And then he starts getting closer to me. Which is, you know, maybe because he expected me to want that too. But I really realized, like, I really didn't want that. And I panicked and I ran away so fast without (laughs) saying a word. (laughs) And the guy started to, like, run after me for a while. (laughs) He thought something had happened or something. (laughs) So he, I I was, like, running away as fast as possible to, like, not let him catch me, basically. (laughs) And then I just went to my friend's place and... I threw up because I had ran too fast. <laughs> and um, yeah, and that didn't, didn't feel right mm. at all. Um, so, I mean, it's just about being straightforward when it's necessary. I think that's really yeah. what, is, what feels good. But also sometimes I've had some moments of right feeling when I've been um, not rude, but quite assertive even with some strangers. Mm. I've had a couple situations where I really strongly expressed my opinion or explicitated some boundaries. Yeah, I mean, do you have one for you? Mm, In terms of speaking up, there was one time when uh, this was kind of my first job out of uni. I mean, I've I've had jobs doing research and whatnot before, but then this was the first uh, yeah, job between my bachelor's and my master's and it was as an administrative assistant at a local city and I was part of the city clerk's office so we handle all the mail we handle like all the documentation everything that the city council signs and all this stuff and every morning I would get the mail from uh, the custodian of the entire location of city hall or the commune for people who live in Europe and yeah, basically, there's this guy. He's really nice. For the sake of this podcast, let's call him 
Joe. Mm -hmm. I was going to be like Jim. She's going yeah. to say Jim. Joe. <laughs> Joe. Um, so Joe comes in with the mail every day, right? So Joe is about maybe 50, 40 to 50 years old. He has like grandchildren and kids my age about. Um, I think you can kind of see where this is already leading. But basically, I'm, you know, as a receptionist, you're supposed to smile. You're supposed to welcome everybody into City Hall. Hi, how can I help you? Typically, that's just how I am. I get along with people very well. And then this Joe guy, I got along with him. You know, he seemed like a really nice guy. He was really sweet. Um, and then the days pass, maybe three weeks after, and he starts coming in with the mail, right? But instead of looking me in the eye, he like looks down at my chest and i um i don't wear like low hanging clothes ever you know really like i was in very professional wear i only had like one button from the top open so it's not you can really see anything right and at that time i think i was 22 23 uh so this guy was double my age looking at my chest and i was trying to like keep conversation with him i'd look down at him you know trying to kind of catch his gaze with my gaze um but nope just would constantly just stare at my chest while i was while talking to me and every single morning this would happen every wow. single morning and i got to the point where i felt very uncomfortable because i've never like ever been sexually harassed in my entire life at that point my friends are like because a lot of my friends have been catcalled on the street i've never been ever and so I didn't know how to respond I didn't know how to react especially mm -hmm. because I was a new employee um and then it got to the point where one time my my boss and my manager were out of the office and then he comes around into our room because the reception desk has an open window but you can come into the office space right um and he came in and then it just slightly why did he come in i don't know he just wanted to talk to me and then obviously i'm wearing office wear I had my heels on and like my pencil skirt and i remember he looked at me up and down like right in front of my face up and down but i didn't know how to react i was just like okay well you know i would smile and then he did it again another time when my boss wasn't in the office. And at that point, I was just keeping things to myself. And then I would just try to ignore him whenever he'd come in. I would actually duck behind the filing cabinets behind our room in the room in between the offices just so that I wouldn't have to interact with him. Um, but then he caught me one day and he had come into the office space and he was like, how are you? And he gets kind of close to me. You know, like I'm standing along the cabinet and he moves forward with his uh, arm up, propped up on the cabinet. And then I was like, yeah, I'm good. Uh, and then he says, oh, okay. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. And I was like, yeah, okay. Oh. You know, and then uh -oh. he literally closed me in, in between the office spaces. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of blocking the doorway. And I just felt so uncomfortable because my bosses weren't there. I didn't know how to react. I was really stuck. And I, I got to the point where I realized I have to say something 
because I need to say something to my boss in the sense that I'm not going to start behaving so nicely, right? I'm just going to start being a little bit colder. Okay, I should have been just cold, period, right? Um, and then I needed to let my boss know because I've only been here for a month. And if she hears from a guy that's been there for 20 years already that I've been giving him attitude, yeah. then it's not very good for my professional yeah. record either. So I told her and my boss was really great. She um she immediately told me, I know you told me this in confidence, but as your manager, I'm actually legally obliged to inform HR about this. Mm-hmm. And so HR got involved and they asked me what I wanted to do. And at that point, I didn't I didn't want to like, because they wanted to open up a whole investigative case. They wanted to call yeah. in an actual detective to interview both of us and stuff like that. But I didn't want that. I didn't want him to get in trouble. I just, I just wanted to say something. I just wanted him to know that it's not okay. Yeah. That's that's really all I wanted. Yeah. And so when HR sat me down, she asked me like, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "Well, um, I just want to talk to him." Um, but is it okay if, you know, you guys join or somebody from administration joins? And she's like, yeah, we can have that arranged. So here's Joe in the office with me and HR. He's really surprised already. He's like, well, why am I in here? You know, he was making jokes and stuff. Um, but he didn't look at me up and down that day, I remember. And HR asks, okay, Jane, like, what do you want to share? And then basically I told them, um everything like how he made me feel um nervous how he made me feel like this was a very inappropriate thing and that he stares at my chest and it makes me feel like an object that I'm not worth being looked at in the eye right and he started to cry wow this like 40 something year old man started like he wasn't just one tear it was like he was hiccuping and he just really crying because he didn't realize that he was doing all those things um he would he actually said you know sometimes I don't realize I do certain things and I think part of it was culture like he was kind of brought up that way um but yeah he was he's crying and he he told me Jane I'm really sorry if I ever made you feel that way. I, I really never intended it. Um, and it it felt really good. Like, I felt this sense of relief, but also that feeling like, yeah, I really did something right because, one, I didn't want this to be on his record because that's not what I cared about. What I cared about was kind of releasing that cap that I've put on yeah. myself and to speak up um, and just not smile and be be yeah. this disingenuous person and not know how to act. It made me feel powerful. Yeah. And obviously the right feeling, it varies from situation to situation. You have multiple feelings that are going around inside you, right? But in that specific situation, it really was this empowering kind of sensation that was yeah. really thrilling. Um And after that, it was a little bit awkward with him, but that was okay because he stopped looking at my chest and he started looking at me in the eye, actually acknowledging who I am. And we eventually got to the point where we could actually joke again and stuff. So yeah, that would kind of be. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
it it's it's really crazy his reaction it's really interesting yeah yeah you really touched something there but at the same time i think like i could have said something but also wanted to get him in trouble right like i think what made it feel right was that it wasn't retaliation that yeah, I was trying yeah. to do. Yeah. It was really this kind of freedom for myself. Yeah. Um, that's also what I want to address with this breaking of the be nice imperative. There has to be an intention behind your niceness what do you mean? in the sense that you shouldn't just be nice just to be nice, Yeah. right? But at the same time, when you say what you need to say, there also needs to be an intention behind that, whether it is for yourself in the sense that releasing something in you, but also being careful that you're not just saying something to lash out, you know? But I mean, even with being nice, I don't think you should attempt to be nice. You know, it's like mm. being a nice person is the result. You don't have to focus on that. Yeah. You focus on other things. You focus on, you know, being kind and generous, yes. And then you focus on just saying what you want to say or, you know... I, I don't think that being nice should be a sort of value to strive or like virtue. It's not a virtue. For me, it's not. Uh, although I was brought up maybe to think that. Yeah, you're completely right about that. I think if you just want to be a nice person, what do you want to achieve with that? You know, what does niceness give to the world? But I think if you strive for things like kindness or generosity... Of course, the perception of you is that you're nice. But when it comes down to these kind of situations that you find yourself being pushed in and you stand your ground, then people will realize, oh, wait, you're not just nice. Okay, I see. Then you're no longer just nice, you know? Yeah, or too nice. Or too <laughs> nice. Yeah. I guess just to wrap up, mm-hmm. um, what is one thing that you would like people who are struggling with being nice to know? I mean, it's just like, oh, I'm coming from this, like, wise stand. (laughs) I'm really not. um, I don't know if I'm in the position of telling anything to anyone else. I think I'm still working on myself. But what I repeat to myself and what I would like to tell my children is that the most important thing is to be kind and generous to others and to yourself. Mm. And so it's not that you need to give in order to take. You need to, you know, find joy just in giving. Absolutely. But at the same time, build your boundaries. So I would sometimes I, I tell myself to practice saying no. Practice saying no and I will educate my children also to practice saying no sometimes god knows what's going to come out of that (laughs) some tyrants but um (laughs) i i think go to your room no (laughs) exactly i think i mean i think there will be some situations in which i will allow them to just say whatever they want to say you know not when it's about education but in other respects the kiss on the cheek of the old wrinkly lady. <laughs> Again, I'm sorry, but I have so many memories about that. Um, it's okay if you don't do that. Mm. So, do you want to do that? Yes, okay. Mwah. 
or like do you want to do it no okay it's okay no problem you know <laughs> <laughs> like no problem yeah. it's okay for you to put that boundary there it's i can't tell you to make others invade your yourself in that way your body i want to add on to what you say for it's okay that it will be okay you will turn out to be still a good person even if you don't want to do yeah. something even if someone thinks that what you did wasn't so nice right yeah. absolutely yeah yeah just you know just raising free people and trying to free ourselves from our own constraints that mm-hmm. were put on us yeah. so i'm i'm still like liberating myself mm-hmm. since i moved to the uk i think that really helped mm-hmm. maybe the new language maybe you know eliminating some barriers today that were intrinsic in my way of using language maybe yeah. even um but i've just tried to free myself as much as possible mm-hmm. in this regard then sylvia where can people find you online so you can find me on facebook so my name is sylvia lazaris sylvia lazaris um which is s i l v i a and then surname is l a double z which in american english is double z double z a r i s um or at sir lazarus on twitter okay yeah all right well thanks sylvia this was really fun yeah it was very fun jane <laughs> i was very happy to be in this but yeah <laughs> So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of The Right Feeling, but above all, I hope that you took something from it, whatever that may be. Of course, Sylvia and I would have loved to dive deeper into this topic in other relational contexts. Um, but perhaps I'll save that for next time. In the meantime, if you like this podcast, don't forget to rate it and subscribe. You can follow The Right Feeling on Instagram at the right feeling underscore. So yeah, apart from that, I can't wait to feel the feels with you next week. <laughs>